Welcome back to the One Foot Down podcast. I am Eric Murtaugh, Editor-in-Chief, OneFootDown.com. This is our 49th episode. This is our National Signing Day recap. What we're going to do today is review every player that Notre Dame signed for the 2015 cycle. I have uh, Jamie and Brendan back with me, our two recruiting gurus. Uh, we're going to start at the safety position. We're going to go through the defense first. We're going to work all the way through the roster. Um, Already on the site today, we have our, uh, our grades up for um, the entire class. We already have another post up on the quarterbacks, or quarterback, I should say, and the running backs with our comments and grades for those guys. So you'll see more of those posts coming out over the next week. Today we're basically kind of the audio companion to those posts. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we like about certain players, what we don't like. Um, just a good, fun recruiting podcast. So uh, the first player we're going to talk about today, as I pull up our grades here, um, you know, let's just get it out of the way. We're going to talk about Nico Fertitta <laughs> out of uh, Bishop Gorman High School. Um, you know, a smaller player, obviously. Uh, I think almost everybody knows um, that about him. Uh, you know, everyone says this. It wasn't a package deal with LZ Jones. Um, his average grade was a 79.6 uh, on our uh, our scale. And now let me bring up the scale so I can uh, the readers can understand how we're grading players and whatnot. Um, a 79 is probably someone that's not going to start over their career. Um, so anytime you get under under an 80 grade. Um, you know, that's, that's probably someone who's never going to really make a huge impact, at least on offense or defense. Now, with Fertitta, uh, Kelly said in his press conference that he'll be a special teams player from day one, which is kind of expected. Not, not a big surprise there. That's probably going to be uh, his calling card. Um, you know, right away, he uh, will probably be a captain at some point. Um, you know, he just has all the intangibles you're looking for for special teams. Um, trying to find our grading here is my computer is super slow. All right, uh, so our grading system is basically a 95 to 100 is an elite freshman uh, with all-American potential. Basically, you're like super-duper five stars would reach up into that territory. 90-94 uh, is, is kind of comparable to your... Or, uh, high four-star players, guys who are definitely going to be starting really quickly, um, maybe not going to be All-Americans or National Award winners, but still really good college football players. 85-89 is an eventual starter, uh, playing as an underclassman, so those are usually good players. Uh, you want to stock your roster uh, with those. 80-84 is a raw prospect with decent potential. But a couple years away from impact, 75-79 is uh, likely a backup so Fertitta was just into the upper reaches of that likely a backup category. And then 70-74 is a, a complete reach by the coaching staff. I'm not sure if we've ever graded anyone that low. Uh, maybe Bruce Hedgie uh, way back when. So <laughs> poor, poor Hedgie. <laughs> so, guys, Fertitta has a 79.6. I gave him a 77. Um, Jamie gave him a 79. And Brendan gave him an 82. My thing with Nico was, you know, I actually think he's a really good football player. I just think, you know, number one, his size. I think he's just brutally small. I know he's listed somewhere as 5'9", but I think he's probably closer to 5'7". 
Um, a lot to like about him as a football player, but you know, people say, well, he could play nickel corner, but again, my worry is, is he going to be able to beat anyone out at that nickel corner spot? Um, you know, you've got a classmate, Sean Crawford, who we'll get to here shortly, who, you know, could be a fantastic nickel corner um, straight out of the gate as a true freshman, so I don't know if Fertitt is ever going to be able to surpass him and others at that nickel spot, so I think that's why I graded him so low, but I really do like him as a as a football player and as a you know as a lower rated three star out of this class, uh, let's let's start with you, Jamie. What do you think about Nico? I I like Nico Fertitta. I I feel very similar to you, Eric. Where I like him as a football player. Uh, he's tough. He can hit. I do think he is going to play special teams, and 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 be a good contributor on special teams the whole way. But I I can't see him being a starter. Um, I think there is no like true in the box type of safeties anymore, um, at least in the defense. Most of the defenses in college football, because uh, there's so many teams that run spread, and it's just impossible to have that guy be an in the box guy all the time. And I think that's what Nico Fertitta is. And I I don't know if he can play. I think he could be like maybe a possible package type player where he. He plays the big nickel kind of thing where he's blitzing and he'd be very good at that. But I would worry about him in coverage uh, if he had to cover like a good slot man-to-man. And I don't think he could ever be a deep safety. Uh, I I would be very happy uh, if he ends up being uh, like Mike Anello, who was a walk-on but ended up being, you know, earning a scholarship and being a very like valuable contributor on special teams. And I I think that's what Nico Fertitta – uh, could end up being, except for much earlier in his career, um, and I, I don't know. I don't know if he'll, he'll ever be a starter, but uh, I, I definitely like him as a football player, and I, I think he, he could be a valuable member of the team. Brendan, what are your thoughts? You gave him a little bit of higher grade than <laughs> everyone else. I, I did. I'm actually, I'm right there with you guys, I think, you know, and I'll explain why I gave him the bump in a second, but, um, you know, I think... Like Jamie said, from day one, you know, he'll be on special teams. He's kind of got that perfect gunner makeup. He's crazy, <laughs> you know, which helps. Um, and just has a nose for, for where the ball is and for hitting guys. I think, um, you know, long term, I, you know, like you guys said, I don't see him ever earning a starting job. I, he's not really a full-time guy. He's probably a little bit slow to be to cover, you know, faster guys. He's probably a little small. Um to be a full-time, you know, run support guy. But uh, I think he could be a depth guy. He can spell people. He can, you know, in certain packages against certain teams, maybe he'll find a spot. But I think maybe his um, his biggest contribution to the team, and this is why I gave him a little bit of a bump, is from everything you hear about him, uh, Eric touched on it with intangibles, everything you hear about him in that sense, in the leadership area, he's supposed to be phenomenal. And I think he's just one of those guys that's going to set a tone in the locker room you know, and and on the practice field, that will be very important to the team. Um, so I give him a little bit of a bump, but playing playing future, I agree with you. But I think he'll be a solid addition. All right, next safety. Um, you know, the safety position's been talked about for really the last month, almost every single day, uh, nonstop. You know, Notre Dame didn't sign a third safety. 
uh, as we just talked about, Nico probably not going to be a true safety in his career. So the second safety in the class was my Kelty Williams, um, in-state kid from Indiana. We gave him an 87.0 grade. Um, I was the one that graded him pretty low, so uh, you know everyone else had him as a little bit of a higher grade. I, I dragged his uh, average down. I gave him an 82. Um, my thing with Williams is, you know, I think he's a good football player. I thought uh, good instincts. I think that was the one thing that popped out to me watching his uh, senior film. Um, but I think he's physically mature, which is is good. I don't really hope that he's going to be in the too deep as a freshman. We'll see what they do with shuffling bodies around. But uh, you know, he didn't really wow me a whole lot. I'll just let you. I'll let you guys talk because you guys graded him a little bit more higher, Jamie. You had him at 89, and I think, Brendan, you had him at 90. So mm -hmm. uh, what did you guys like about uh, Mike Kelty that maybe I was missing or not seeing? Well, what I, I liked about him uh, was that I th thought that he could play free safety. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought I liked, I liked his hips. I thought he was a, f a fluid player, uh, you know, good athlete. Uh, you know, not the kind of athlete maybe to the same level as Elijah Shoemate or... Um, Max Redfield, but I mean, when you look at those two guys, uh, you know they're great athletes, but they are not—they're not great players yet. And I mean, it's so hard to grade safeties. I mean, it's hard to grade safeties in college because you know uh, you hear that a lot from NFL draft uh, uh, gurus that say that it's inc incredibly hard to grade safeties in college, and it's even harder in uh, to, to grade uh, safeties in high school because. You know, you, you just see them in so many different ways, and there's some teams that are running the wing T, and they're not really opening up, and they're usually downhill players all the time. So it's tough to see it, but I, I saw that he could open up, and, uh, you know, if he can, obviously, if he can pick up the defense, uh, he's, he's going to be someone who's who can play there. And uh, I, I don't know, I thought, thought he was a bit underrated nationally, and uh, I think he can be uh, def definitely a contributor and, and possibly a starter later on in his career. Yeah, and I uh, I pretty much agree. I, I could definitely see him starting. I think, um, you know, the thing that stood out to me looking at the, the highlight reel, and of course it's a highlight reel, so that's always a caveat, right? But, um, you know, he's, he's fast. He can move, you know. If you think maybe some of these unheralded guys, maybe they're, Athletic gifts aren't there, but he can definitely move around the field. Um, his recognition skills look pretty good. Um, you know, we'll see how that translates to the next level. But you know, I think he just suffered for. Well, he was he was injured some his junior year, and he didn't do the camp circuit, so he never really got out there nationally. Um, I just saw something from uh, Steve Wiltfong at 24/7 the other day. Uh, he commented in the forums there that he thinks. Williams was robbed last year for the uh, Indiana Mr. Football Award. And someone has said, you know, you think he's a better prospect than Josh Barajas? And he said, no, I think he was the best football, high school football player in the state last year, and it wasn't close. So, you know, he definitely has that potential. You know, he just needs to, we just need to see how it translates. Uh, but th I, think, I think they got a sleeper in him. All right, that wraps up safety. Now we're going to go to corner. Um, the next player we're going to talk about is Ashton White from the D.C. area, someone who might be moving positions uh, pretty early in his career. Um, 
overall, one foot down gave him an 82.2. Again, I'm the low guy. We're getting all the uh, <laughs> all the negativity out of the way here on the defensive side of the ball. I gave him an 80. Jamie gave him 83. Brendan at 84. Um, you know, I didn't really see the explosiveness uh, and the quick feet that normally you would see from a corner that Notre Dame's recruiting. Um, you know, he plays with a huge chip on his shoulder, which I like. Um, hopefully he can translate that to the uh, college level. Um, it's definitely an in-your-face type of uh, d- defensive uh, defensive back. Um, you know, personally, and I, I say this in this comments, and people will be able to read this in the coming uh, days, I would move him to strong safety, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, we'll see what the coaching staff does. Um, I think he would be a good fit there. Um, maybe a touch a little too small, but um, I don't really think that's a huge issue in the college level. So, um, you know, pretty good size, even though he's not, like, super tall or anything. So, um, you know, like I said, not, like, super quick or quick-twitched as a corner, which kind of worries me. So I think he's going to move to safety, uh, if not, you know, as a true freshman, maybe uh, next spring after this upcoming spring. Uh, what do you think, Jamie? You gave him 83, which is kind of on the low side, you know, maybe not a starter, but maybe down the road starting. Yeah, I, I, I like him as a guy uh, because because of his edge. Uh, I really like how he he played the run specifically. He's a guy who would will come up and tackle, uh, and it's a big reason why you know he could be a candidate to to move to safety. And I I agree with that. Um, yeah, I'm a little concerned. I'm I'm not sure if he yeah is twitchy enough to be uh, a corner. Considering some of the other corners that they've recruited, uh, and I think that uh, some of the other guys are better athletes than him. Uh, but I mean, that doesn't always equal the best football player. But I mean, it it helps a lot, right? So uh, I, you know, I li- like his size. I think he can be someone who's uh, contributes somewhat. I wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, you know, one day became a starter. But I think he's. Definitely not someone who I envision uh, getting early playing time uh, based on the corners that they have now. So I think he's probably going to be in tough to play uh, early in his career unless he moves to safety. Yeah, and I I would agree there. I think you know I think I in the comments on the cornerback position I think I said I see him redshirting this year. You know, same deal. It's just not. You know, he, he's a good player. I like him, obviously. I give him an 84. But I don't see him being good enough to break through the people in front of him right now. But, um, you know, kind of the same deal again. I liked his physicality. You know, and I could see him down the road, uh, not maybe not starting, but being, you know, we'll see, unless he really develops. But um, maybe being the third corner, maybe being a specialist against, you know, more physical receivers or, uh, or run teams. You know, he could be a valuable guy maybe against the option teams with how much he likes to stick his nose in there, you know. Um, so, yeah, I can definitely see him finding a role uh, down the road. and Definitely one of the toughest corners probably that we'll have on the team. He really likes to, to get in there. All right, the next corner we're going to talk about, um, this kid's just a treat to watch, Sean Crawford out of Ohio. We gave him a 93.6 grade. We're all kind of in the same area. I was at 93. Jamie was at 94. Brendan was at 94. Um, you know, he's also really small. Measured at 5'8 at the opening. Um, 
but I don't know if I've ever seen a corner or a defensive back prospect that Notre Dame has signed with his, you know, just anything you want to look at, foot speed, uh, quickness, uh, ability to break on the ball. I mean, he's just really elite in all those categories. And I know uh, we throw the, that category around or that word around elite. We throw it around a lot during recruiting, especially around this time of year. But he truly is a special athlete, um, someone who I have to think is going to be uh, having a pretty big role as a true freshman, maybe not within the first couple of games, but, you know, he, he, he we also used to talk about, like, elite athlete, uh, you know, having elite skills, but, and we also say, well, this guy runs a 4-4, but I think he really does run a 4-4. He was at a 4-4 rate in the opening. Um, you know, if he was bigger this kid would probably be in the running as the top corner in the country. Um, I can't say en en enough good things about him. I I'm so uh, excited to watch him play as a freshman. I know you thought the same thing, Jamie. Uh, if he was bigger, he's a five-star player, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I saw him in person at the opening, too. And, I mean, he's just an impressive He's an impressive athlete. Like, he's an explosive guy. Uh, just the way he mirrors uh, receivers down the field. He can, he can run with anyone. Uh, the way he opens up and plants, and he just ex can explode to the ball. Uh, I mean, he can, even though he's short, he can get up there and, and contend with some taller receivers, too. I, I mean, I saw him get beat a couple times, but those were from by elite guys, and he had his fair share of wins as well. Like, I... I Definitely don't think he's just, oh, he's 5'8", so he's got to be a nickel guy who covers, like, smaller slots. Like, no, I think he can be a starter and a very good one for Notre Dame, you know. And, you know, everyone assumes Kavari Russell's coming back next year, and uh, uh, Cole Luke, obviously, uh, I, I think he can be an elite corner next year in college football. Like, you know, he, I think he has all-American potential, uh, you know, to be a, a very, very good player for Notre Dame. So uh, do I see him beating those guys out next year? No, I don't. I don't see that. But I mean, I think he could, you know, compete with Nick Watkins for that third corner spot. Uh, you know, I think he could beat out a guy like Devin Butler. I think he's that talented, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him as like the primary punt returner or like yeah. uh, or return kicks. Like the guy has big time speed, and uh, I mean. If you watch his junior film, I think he was a better player on offense as a junior than he was as um, on defense. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch this guy uh, play college football. Definitely, definitely. He's, uh, you know, at an athletic level that we just don't usually see <laughs> at Notre Dame, you know. And um, like Jamie says, he plays above his size. You know, uh, Eric mentioned the 448. 40 at the opening. He also ran a 394 shuttle and a 39-inch vertical. I mean, it, it's insane. <laughs> you know, um, he's a track guy. He ran a 10-5-4 100-meter, 49-second, 400-meter. The guy can fly, whatever distance it is. Um, he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. He's dangerous on defense. He's just one of those guys that you get a feeling is going to be really hard to keep off the field. You know, he's so good at the game of football, that the staff is going to find a way to get him involved early. Yeah, it definitely seems like he's going to be uh, no worse than fourth corner as a true freshman, which is pretty impressive seeing as, as though Notre Dame is going to bring him back uh, 
you know, two or three really good corners and a couple starters, really, when you factor in Russell coming back. Um, the next corner I'm going to talk about is my underrated dark horse corner or just player, I guess, of the entire class. Uh, that's Nick Coleman, also from Ohio. Uh, Notre Dame got a couple really good corners out of Ohio. Um, I only gave him an 85. Um, I think with him, I just, you know, we talked about how maybe Ashton White doesn't really jump off the screen at you athletically. I think Coleman does in a lot of respects. Um, really good on offense. Um, you know, we've talked about him playing running back or something like that. It sounded like in Kelly's press conference that they really are going to keep him at corner. Um, Kelly really stressed that three corners was, you know, the big target and not necessarily safety, which was interesting. So it looks like Coleman's going to stick at corner. Um, I really like him a lot. I can see him being a starter down the road after a couple of years. I think he's really going to, uh, you know, on signing day, there was a lot of people saying he was underrated. So I don't think he's really truly underrated anymore. So I think, um, you know, he's kind of coming to the forefront as someone, uh, you know, a gem of this class as a, as a, I think he was a, is he a three-star? I don't think he was a four-star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, He's I like him a lot. Guyton, <laughs> yeah, the, the Jalen Guitland of defense. So, of defense, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he's, they say he's six foot. He looks more like 5'10 to me. I don't think he's really a tall corner. So, But I don't really think that's a huge issue. I, I really like him. Um, he'll probably have some struggles because he played so much offense in college or in high school. So, hmm. um, But I can see him being a starter down the road. I like him a lot. Yeah, I, I really like Coleman. Uh, I think he's got an extremely high upside. Uh, he's someone, yeah, at, just like you said, he jumps off the screen athletically. I think he has great long speed. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a ton of experience playing uh, defense, even though he played some corner, but you could tell in his technique that there's a lot of things that he has to clean up, um, you know, which... I mean, he'll he'll have the time to do. I don't think he's going to be expected to play early, but, I mean, you're the perfect example. It's Kavari Russell, a guy who didn't... I think he maybe played corner as a junior or sophomore in high school, and then he came up to Notre Dame in the summer, and they were like, hey, we need a corner. You're going to start working <laughs> at corner. And then all of a sudden, the guy's covering... Uh, Robert Woods down the field in against USC, you know, like and he had he had a great freshman season, and I think that I mean I don't know if Coleman's gonna be that, but I think he's that same kind of athlete, and so I mean could he be that guy? I I could I wouldn't be surprised to see that, and I I definitely think his upside is to be a high quality starter. That that's his upside. Uh, whether he you know can be that, we'll we'll see over the next few years. Yeah, I, I agree. You know what you I, I'm saying that a lot. Today. <laughs> um, you know what you keep hearing with him is raw and athletic, and so you know he's a perfect candidate to sit and watch. Um, he's certainly the least polished, probably the corners coming in this year, um, so most likely not to see the field. Uh, but has all the tools you want to see. You know he, he's a guy that I think the staff tried to jump on a little bit early. Um, before you know, he really blew up. I, when we uh, when we offered and he committed, I think pretty shortly after. Supposedly he was about to head to Ohio State for uh, for a camp, and he was going to get an offer there. 
Um, so he's not a guy that was completely off the radar, but we just kind of snatched him before he uh, he really got big. And uh, you know, another one of those guys that has physical tools and will get a chance to develop and and uh, definitely be a contributor down the line. All right, we got my dark horse out of the way. We're going to move on to the linebackers now. Uh, a trio Yay. of really good <laughs> linebackers that Notre Dame are bringing in. Uh, we're going to start off with Josh Brahas. Um, we gave him a 90.8, which is a pretty high grade. I gave him an 88, Jamie a 92, and Brendan 92. Again, I am the I'm the grumpy pants <laughs> of the group. Um, I think there was a couple things of me rating Brahas just a little bit lower than everyone else. Um, the first thing, I guess you could say this about the other linebacker specifically, um, Asmar Bilal, and we'll get to that in a second. I'm not sure where they're going to play Barajas. You know, there's been talk of him playing Sam, um, but you know what we saw out of that position last year, I don't know if he really fits there. Maybe they're going to change up the way they use that position. Um, you know, there's talk of him playing Will. Uh, you know, I personally think Bilal fits there a little bit better with his speed because he's more in the mold of Jalen Smith. So that's my one concern is I think he can be an impact freshman, maybe working his way into the too deep, but just don't know where he's going to play. The other thing is, you know, again, a lot of talk about Bilal being too small or not very big, and Brajas isn't really, you know, your typical uh, Diaco-sized linebacker. He's still pretty small compared to the linebackers Notre Dame used to recruit. Um, and I just I don't know if he really has a, you know the body to put on a lot a ton of weight, um, and I think maybe people are projecting him to be more of an inside guy, uh, a thumper. Um, and you know he's a great run, he's a great linebacker. You know I don't really have anything super negative to say about him. I think he's going to be a starter sooner rather than later. But um, I just don't think he's uh, you know super duper awesome like <laughs> some of the other people uh, elsewhere on the interwebs seem to think. What do you think, Jamie? Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Josh Barras, and I kind of have a similar concerns to what you're saying in terms of his frame. I think uh, I, I'm not sure how big he's going to be, but then I heard him on uh, I was listening to uh, Mike Frank and uh, Brian Driscoll interview him on uh, Power Hour, and he said he was currently 220. So hmm. that's a pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good weight for right now. I mean, I think do I think he get up to 230? Yeah. And I, he might not even have to, uh, especially if he's playing Sam in the way that they kind of played Sam this year. I think he's an underrated athlete. I was I was really impressed with uh, what he did at the Army All American game and and how he looked and uh, good to, good to hear uh, how he competed there. And I I do think he's a bit bit of an underrated or not underrated actually because he's a highly rated kid, but. Um, not really talked about it. You know, that's what happens when you're from Indiana and you're not, uh, you know, not on the forefront of all these other schools. But I, I think he can be a very good player. Uh, I, I think he's going to be uh, a, pr- a pretty high-level starter. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm not of the opinion that he is on the Manti-Jalen Smith-type levels. And I don't know if he's ever going to be an All-American, but, I mean... I, if we had a linebackers, you know, group of players of Josh Barajas's uh, caliber, uh, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think you, he's going to get some significant time next year. 
as a backup. You know, I think he's good enough to uh, to step in and, and play. Um, Long term, I, I definitely think he'll be a starter, and I think he'll be a good one for us. You know, I don't, you know, like Eric said, uh, I'm not really sure exactly where he'll slot in. I think of the three linebackers, the one clear kind of fit is Tevin Coney in the middle, and then the other two guys, you know, it's a little fuzzier where they're going to land. But wherever it ends up being, I think uh, he definitely can be a, a player. You know, he's he's got everything he needs to uh, to take over the starting role for somebody. <laughs> within a couple of years, I think. Okay, uh, I already mentioned him before. The next linebacker we're going to talk about is Asmar Bilal, um, another in-state kid from Indiana. I think he might be, I don't know if he's the only one, but yeah, I rated him higher than everyone else, so finally we get to a player <laughs> that I uh, kind of fall, fall in love with more than everyone else. Um, I gave him a 90, Jamie gave him 88, uh, Brendan gave him an 88 as well. Um, I just think he's going to bring speed to the linebacking core. Um, not that Notre Dame has improved in that area. You know, seems like every year the linebackers are getting uh, quicker and quicker. You know, we all thought Greer Martini was going to be this slow plotting, you know, inside linebacker, and even he kind of surprised everyone with how fast and agile he was, but uh, I think Bilal, uh, just talking about quickness and speed and going sideline to sideline is you know, right up there with Jalen Smith uh, being that type of an athlete. Um, super impressed with his senior film. I loved his junior film too. Um, not really that worried about his size. You know, I'm if they can find a way to deploy him at, at Sam as, you know, a blitzing 250-220 pound linebacker um, that's great if they put more weight on him and decide to, uh, you know, stick him at will and be the next Jalen Smith. That's even better. Um, you know, I just I like so much about him. Uh, I can just go on and on. I think just a great fit. Um, you know, great kid, great family, um, and he's got a cool name. And I always think, <laughs> for some reason, you know, these guys with really cool names tend to like be a little bit better. I know that's weird, but I feel that way. <laughs> um, I didn't really put too much thought into his name, but I think that's a good point, Eric. Uh, it is kind of true, actually. With the guys with unique names, uh, most of the time they end up being pretty, pretty good. In but if your name's too simple, like D Liner, you transfer from Alabama, right? Yeah, so right. See? Well, he's all confused because um, he's D Liner and he plays safety, so he's obviously yeah. <laughs> very confused. Um. You know, in in regards to Bilal, like I, I am a little bit concerned about um, his weight and how how big he's going to be. Uh, you know, I I don't know how much weight he's going to carry. It's it's so tough to tell. Like, you know, really, it's just a, it's a lot of guessing. Uh, but you know, I, we'll we'll see what happens. But I I mean, I do think in terms of an athlete, he is the kind of athlete that Notre Dame needs to target at. Uh, linebacker, like the we need that kind of speed because you want those kind of guys that are able to stay on the field in all situations. You don't want to be playing, uh, you know, if you have to take linebackers out um, to replace them with safeties. Like you, you want guys who are three down guys, and Bilal has that type of athleticism. Three down guy. Where I do have a little bit concern with him, where I I thought he 
his recognition skills um, or his, or his instincts as uh, you know um, as Lars uh, hates to, to <laughs> term. but uh, I do think his instincts aren't the greatest and I think he got it, it improved during uh, his senior season so we'll see if he continue to make that jump. But I, I was really kind of concerned with him in coverage, and part of that might be uh, he just doesn't he doesn't have a lot of experience in it. But he seemed really lost in coverage. Not that he can't run or turn and run and cover a cover a back on a wheel route out of the backfield. Like he's got that kind of athleticism to do it, but uh, he just seemed kind of lost and uh, like his awareness in coverage was a little bit questioning. A little bit of a question to me, so I mean, we'll see how that progresses. But uh, I mean, just because a kid can't do it at 18 doesn't mean he can't do it at 20 or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's one thing I have a little bit of concern about. But I mean, I'm thrilled with the type of athlete he is, and uh, you know, if he if he puts all that other stuff together, I think he can be a great player for a Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, Eric, it's funny. Um, when you're talking about the spread in our grades for him, I think you see that repeated in the recruiting services too, where uh, I forget the exact numbers now, but I think Scout has him in the top 100 uh, nationwide. And, you know, rivals, he's like barely a three-star, you know, or something like that. Don't quote me on it. But, you know, there's um, there's a wide variance of opinion on him. So, you know, the thing with him is upside, right? Like, like uh, Jamie and like you said, it's you know, he has all the athletic ability. Um, you know he might be aside from Jalen the fastest linebacker we have, <laughs> Jalen the freak, right? Um, and you can really see in his profile where the staff is moving towards that faster in, in the linebacker linebackers who can cover space, cover ground, um, where Diaco really focused more on. Uh, you know, the thumpers, the 245, 250 guys. Uh, so um, he he's kind of that perfect profile. I, I want to say for the Sam position, I know, Eric, you said Will, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight you on it. You could fit there too. But, um, you know, if you look at him versus a guy like uh, Onwalu there or maybe even Tranquil, uh, you know, he's, he seems like a pretty, pretty solid fit there. And uh, I think definitely he'll be a starter down the road for us. Yeah, we talk about like adding weight. You know, you look at someone like Bilal, and one of the things I always look at is like how cut a guy is, and he's really cut. Yeah. Uh, already, and sometimes it can be hard to put on weight when you're already that muscular and that well defined. So I can understand where the worry is about him putting on weight. You know, Barajas is a little bit more. Well, he's a lot less defined, and you know, I don't want to say pudgy, but you know, there's room to convert. <laughs> convert, you know, some of that into to muscle and, and get a little bit bigger. But, you know, Jalen Smith was the same way as Bilal, I think. I mean, he was kind of 215-ish, yeah. really yeah. cut out of high school, and then, yeah. you know, he put 20 pounds on almost immediately. Yeah. So, you know, like it's Jamie said, you just, <laughs> yeah, you just never know how these guys are going to gonna react. Um, yeah. All right, our next linebacker, the third out of this trio, an early enrollee. Uh, Tavon Coney. I don't know if they say Tavon, Tevin. I've heard like six different pronunciations. Um, I know we finally got a official spelling uh, with a small V in his name on National Signing Day. Uh, our entire group gave him a grade of 90. I gave him 89. Jamie was at 90. Brendan was at 92. Um, a couple things on Coney from my viewpoint. Um, 
kind of echo what Brian Kelly said in his press conference is that physically he is ready to play. He said he's you know, someone that looks like he's been in the weight program for two years, um, which is good. Um, that means he can play right away if he needs to. Um, my concern would be I don't know how much, you know, growth there is when he's already that physically developed. And, um, you know, I thought I would see a little bit more physicality on his film for someone that was already that well-developed. Um, but I do think he's going to be a really good linebacker. Uh, he'll probably make some noise, at least on special teams, I would imagine, as a freshman. Um, I think I, I, my grade is colored a little bit by the way he played in the All-Star game, which you know kind of happened with all the recruiting sites as well. So I'm um, definitely excited to see him play um, and see what kind of growth he has already being, you know, kind of a, a grown-ass man already. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I was really impressed by, by what I saw from the, the All-Star games as well, and, and when I saw him in person at the opening, uh, I thought he, he looked really impressive there, uh, much better in coverage than I expected. Um, you know, I saw him, uh, you know, cover uh, Ray Ray McLeod, uh, Clemson commit, who's probably one of the more explosive guys in this entire recruiting class, and he was step for step with him on, on, a, on a speed out, and... Uh, you know, that's something I didn't expect to see from uh, uh, Coney because uh, he's such a good um, uh, de- player versus the run in terms of uh, the way he uh, kind of, like, works through the trash. And he's he just got, a, like, a, a nose for the football. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll take on blocks. And I think he's just a really good uh, linebacker. He just kind of has that... Um, that uh, in not just it's like a natural thing where he's just uh, just an attacking type of player, and uh, I don't know if it's a Florida thing or whatever because it seems like there's a lot of Florida linebackers who have that same kind of uh, like kind of like swag about him. Yeah. I guess would be the word. <laughs> and uh, I, I just I really like him as a player. Um, you know, he's gonna it's it's gonna be a competitive situation. Like we've got those two other linebackers coming in. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly where they're going to play. I think Coney is more of a Mike, and, you know, there's a couple players that are going to be there. I might, well, you know, we know Schmidt is going to be there this year, and then uh, we have uh, uh, Martini, and uh, I don't know why I can't think of his Niles name. Niles Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, Niles Morgan. And, uh, I mean... He should make a big jump this next year. So is he always going to be behind those guys? Well, maybe he will be, right? So it just depends. Or maybe he'll pass them, right? Because he certainly proved a lot of uh, people wrong at these All-Star games where there was a lot of guys who were higher ranked than him that didn't show out like he did, right? So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I like him a lot as a player. And uh, I think he can uh, eventually be, um, you know, a starting uh, Mike linebacker for uh, Mike, or even play the will too for uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, you know he's seems to be one of those guys, and and I haven't seen him in person, but just like reading people's reactions to him and everything. But he seems to be one of those guys that people who see him in person come away going, "Wow, this kid can play," you know. Um, and somehow it doesn't always come across in in uh, videos and whatever. But you know he, uh, like Jamie said, he gets downhill really quickly. He's his recognition seems to be really good. His timing, you know, on his highlight reel, you see him blitzing a lot, and he has a really uncanny sense of timing with the snap. Um, 
you know, he slides side to side really well. Uh, like Jamie said, cutting through the trash on running plays. You can see, you know, he focuses on a ball carrier and he just kind of shuffles through very easily um, and just has a nose for where to be. Not even necessarily, you know, a nose for the football when he goes and hits guys, but, but he does do that. But just in general, he seems to have a great sense of where he should be on the field. And um, maybe that's one of those things. Maybe he is faster than people think, or maybe, you know, his, his mental ability is good enough that he seems that half-step faster. You know, but either way, I definitely think he has a skill set that will uh, translate, and he'll be a, a real contributor. And I think he can be an eventual starter. It just depends on how that kind of logjam works out, which is funny considering what we were thinking about middle linebacker this time last year. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Niles Morgan better be ready from day one. Otherwise, we're in big trouble. <laughs> All right. We're uh, moving on to the defensive lineman now. We're going to talk about Elijah Taylor uh, out of Ohio. Uh, his grade from everybody at one foot down was an 87.0. I gave him an 85. Jamie gave him an 87. Brendan an 89. Um, kind of a funny anecdote with Taylor in Brian Kelly's press conference. He mentioned that when he was healthy, he was nearly unblockable. And, um, you know, I on the ISD power hour, they kind of mentioned that and said, well, I guess he wasn't healthy as a senior. So, um, you know, that was kind of my big criticism with, with Taylor was really slow off the ball. You know, there was a ton of talk when he committed about how he plays in a passive two-gap defensive scheme in high school. Um, you know, I don't really think he has the, the, the explosive to be kind of a swing defensive end type of a player. I don't think he really has the size to – grow into maybe a one-tech and follow in the footsteps of Jaron Jones. So, you know, I think he's kind of has to be a three-tech lineman, and I think you want to see a little bit more explosiveness from him. So I guess we just have to trust Brian Kelly on that. And, um, you know, I I think I, I liked him a lot when he committed, and then as I kind of, you know, looked at him more and more, I was kind of souring on him a little bit. But, you know, maybe he was really injured a lot as a senior and, um, I'm excited to see how he develops uh, in the coming years. Probably not someone they're going to need right away, so uh, we'll probably hear from him in about 18 months or so. Yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, to me, he's the biggest question mark to me out of this whole group because I think I have a pretty good idea what guys can become or what their limitations are um, But for, for the most part. Uh, but I think Elijah Taylor, uh, I mean, I remember I, I wrote about him on uh, OFD uh, a while back, kind of breaking down his film, and there was actually somebody who contacted me after who played at uh, Moeller, his high school, and, uh, you know, because I had a little bit of a criticism of him that I didn't think he was explosive off ball, and that was another thing Kelly mentioned in his press conference, that he's an explosive player, which I was like, I've not seen that <laughs> at all, uh, but... Uh, you know, this guy talked to me, basically, you know, he had praise for Taylor, and but he said the defense they run at Moeller, it's very specific. It's it's similar to uh, a Bob Diaco type of where the, the player is supposed to two-gap, and he's essentially the defensive lineman. They're not penetrating. They're trying to not get uh, the glory. Uh, you know, they're, they're not trying to get into the backfield, and which is the opposite of what you know, he would be playing in uh, Brian Van Gorder's defense if he was a three technique, right? Like you think of Sheldon Day this year and how many times he's he's trying to get upfield. And 
that is the opposite of what uh, you saw from Taylor. So, uh, you know, is it partly scheme? Was he hurt? I don't know, but it's he was a he was a composite four star uh, defensive tackle. So obviously enough people, and he had he had Ohio State offer. That's who we beat him up for. Mm-hmm. Ohio State was his second choice. So, um, I mean, could he be? Uh, a really great player? I guess he could be, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure of what he's going to be for Notre Dame. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see, you know, how he's going to be. Yeah, like like Eric, like Eric said, I don't think he's going to play very early because of the depth of the position, which is probably a good thing. So they'll get a kind of a chance to see, to see him progress. And uh, I remember uh, Jerron Jones, when he was uh, uh, redshirting, a lot of people were like, wow, I don't know if this guy's ever going to be a player. Like, there's not good reviews of him. So, But you look at him last year, you know, when he was healthy, he was dominant at times. Like, in that Florida State game, the, Florida State game, he, yeah. that, the, the guard that he continually destroyed, the center that he, the center he destroyed was a replacement guy, but the guard he continually destroyed is supposedly one of the top guards in this upcoming uh, draft class. So... I mean, we'll see what happens with Taylor, but, I mean, Mike Elston, I'm, I think he gets the most out of the guys that are there. So if, if he's going to be a good player, he'll be a good player. If he's not, I it's probably more on him than I would say Mike Elston. Yeah, I think, you know, on the defensive side of the bowl, Taylor is probably the guy whose floor and ceiling are the farthest apart from what you hear, right? Um, you know, he's – and it's kind of funny. I, I agree with both of you guys. Like what Kelly said – in the press conference doesn't jive with, you know, what you see on tape, but either he saw a different tape or they saw him in camp. He was in camp. Um, and he was a guy that the staff identified early as someone that they really wanted, and they went after him hard. So they liked whatever they saw. You know, um, something else I've seen, and I don't know, I've just seen it, you know, commented on out there. I don't know how accurate it might be, is that, you know, you hear he could be dominant, quote, if he wants to, unquote, right? So, like, is the light on all the time for him? Um, so maybe that's something. Maybe, maybe it's just people, you know, misunderstanding the scheme that he ran or whatever. Maybe that is something for him. But, uh, like Jamie touched on, the depth that we have at D-line now, which is another amazing turnaround from a year or two ago, um, the staff did a great job of pulling in. And a lot of them were developmental prospects, but a ton of bodies last year so that now we have depth at that position where we can actually – you know, we, we do, we're not going to be forced to play guys ahead of their time. So Taylor can come in, he can learn, he can develop physically, he can spend a year, you know, on Longo Beach and uh, and get stronger and more, more uh, focused. And, and I think definitely down the line, uh, you know, he could be a, a power player. Is he going to reach the level of Day or Jones? I don't know. That's a pretty high bar, <laughs> you know. But um, but he could he could contribute for sure. All right, next up, uh, as we wind our way through the defenses, Micah Dutredway, early enrollee, uh, overall grade of 83.2. I gave him 81. Jamie gave him an 80. Brendan gave him an 86. I'm not the lowest grade here. Um, you know, I kind of compared him to Jay Hayes. I think he's kind of a poor man's Jay Hayes. Um, just in the sense of you think, you know, he's a big defensive tackle, but when, when you actually look at him, especially without his pads on, He's actually a lot leaner than you think. He got a little bit of a gut, but you know, kind of tall and and lanky. Um, I think 
my grade with him was a little bit lower just because I'm not sure how effective he's going to be as kind of an inside-outside tackler and end prospect. Um, I think that's really hard to pull off uh, in college. You know, it, it's hard to be able to, to be really good at both of those roles. So I think naturally I think maybe his ceiling is going to be lower than some of the other guys um, who can focus, you know, on being an edge rusher or being kind of more of a run-stopping tackle. So, um, you know, I like him. He's a, he's a developmental prospect. I don't have a problem with them, uh, you know, taking a lot of bodies. I think long-term this is kind of something that Notre Dame has to do. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to be able to bring in five stars and high four stars all the time. It's going to be necessary to take a little bit of a Michigan State approach here, and this is exactly what they, uh, I guess, Brian Van Gorder kind of ordered, I guess, in his first cycle. So, uh, you know, I like him as a player. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he got into the rotation, like, late in the season, but probably destined for a redshirt, I'm sure. Yeah, I th- I think he's a, a redshirt, uh, definitely a redshirt. I, I think that, I mean, uh, I, I see... I see a lot of the D tackles, actually, I mean, out of the D tackles they brought in this year, it's a very similar theme where um, I could I could see them developing, but they're all developmental guys, and they're they have like you know uh, put certain potential, but I'm not a hundred percent sure if they're going to live up to that potential or not. And I mean, a lot of it's just going to depend on uh, what we're going to see from them the next few years. So I mean. I guess I'm kind of saying the same thing about I, w- I would say about Du Treadway and uh, and Tiasim. I would say the same kind of thing about those guys. Is uh, both of them I think could be guys that ended up being good players. And Elson has gotten you know some of these three low three star guys. He's turned them into pretty solid players later in their career. Uh, and I kind of see if that's uh, what would happen with them is that they would be those guys later in their career. I don't think they're going to be those kind of guys who are going to do it uh, early on in their career. And uh, I, I like I, you know, for for example, like a guy like a Daniel Cage, I think he was a much better prospect than than those two, um, you know, last year. Yeah, I guess uh, my eighty-six seems a little crazy, but <laughs> my, uh, you know, I'm just grading him really on uh, potential. You know, what you hear. With him, is he's got a great frame. He's got great athletic ability. I think I might be mixing him up with somebody else, but I think he's fairly new to football. Um, you know, so he showed some good production while still being very raw. Uh, and I think um, there's some talk that maybe he's an offensive guard down the road, but I think he'll be he'll develop enough that uh, he's worth keeping on the D line. You know, and if he doesn't, I mean, hey, you know, you, you like to see. Guys that move from D-line to O-line are usually the ones that work out, right? Not the other way around. Um, and I, I definitely like the idea of giving him his shot to develop, and he'll for sure be a redshirt this year. He's way too raw to play, uh, and uh, and we'll see what happens after that. All right, well, another defensive tackle prospect, Brandon Tiasim. Um I gave him a 78. The overall average was an 80.8. Uh, he's, this is the second lowest grade for me in this class. Jamie gave him an 82, Brendan with an 80. Um, 
you know, I just talked about a minute ago how I think it's a good idea that they brought in some developmental uh, prospects along the defensive line. I think I would have liked to seen, you know, maybe a def another defensive end and not necessarily another tackle. Um, I know Duke Treadway can kind of be a swingman possibly, so, you know, if that's true and he can actually play, get some snaps at defensive end, then... I guess I'll have to take that back. You know, I, I gave him a 78. I don't really have a ton of positive things to say about him. Um, so I guess I'll just gracefully, gracefully bow out uh, of this uh, <laughs> and uh, hear what you guys have to say. I, I definitely think he's going to have a, a tough road to uh, to be a 2D type of a player, but we'll see. Eric making his play for the Lady Bing Trophy here. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I... You know what, I think he has, I think he flashed a good first step. Uh, I think he was a better athlete um, than maybe his uh, his body right now would suggest. I think he's got, uh, he's got to reshape his body once he gets into uh, Notre Dame strength and conditioning program. Um, I think he shows some good, good athleticism for the position. And I know, you know, people talked about him possibly, Moving to O line, I know some people had graded him as a guard as well, uh, but I, I do think he's got uh, some decent potential. But I mean, he's he's very raw in his technique. He, he his pad level is pretty high. Um, I I think he can be a good good player uh, one day. But uh, I mean, it's the, it's the same thing with all of these big. Uh, defensive tackle kids coming in, it's like, well, how hard are you going to work at it? And hopefully having these numbers there kind of forces them to work at it because you heard this kind of the same thing with, with Pete Makwa last year, who was another guy to come in and reshape his body a bit. And I'll be really interested when spring comes around to hear how much he's weighing and uh, how he looks and stuff because, um, you know, a lot of the reports that I had read about him during his redshirt year was he was a guy who, um, you know, the light didn't come on for him yet. And, uh, you know, like a, a guy like Cage was pretty further ahead of him, right, even though they came in the same class. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, right? Usually it takes uh, a year or two to see what you're going to get out of those guys. So, uh, um, you know, hopefully uh, T. Awesome turns into um, the good T. Awesome that uh, we all hope. Yeah, you know, I think he's he's one of those interesting cases where definitely the staff seems to be more in love with him than we can piece together from from different reports, uh, which, hey, it's their prerogative. They're the professionals, right? But uh, he's a guy that they offered before he came in for camp. <laughs> they, were, they were so sure they liked him, they offered him uh, before they saw him in person. Um, you know, he's... On the other hand, he went to the Semper Fi game, which had generally has the lowest-rated recruits of the three All-Star games, and even at that, he didn't have a great week. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to read too much into that because it's one week and maybe he had a bad week. But definitely, there, you know, he's going to have some work to do. He's he's a developmental guy, maybe more than any of the others in this class, and um, the staff sees something in him, so we'll hope that uh, have hope that they're right and that he puts in the work he has to to uh, to prove them right. All right, our last defensive tackle is kind of a, an interesting guy to talk about, Jerry Tillery out of Louisiana. He's also another early enrollee. Um, 
grading him at defense, we gave him an 86.0. I gave him an 84. Jamie was at 84. Brendan was at 87. Now, if we graded him as an offensive tackle, we were all pretty much three to five points higher. Um, you know, scouts everywhere pretty much are in agreement that he has a really high ceiling as an offensive tackle. Um, Kelly was pretty adamant in his press conference that he's going to be starting off on defense, um, basically saying that they love the way he uses his hands. Um, they think he can be a dominant defensive tackle, although I thought it was kind of weird. It didn't really sound like they've really seen him play a whole lot of defensive tackle. I know there wasn't really much film of him playing defensive tackle, but they were kind of taking the word of his coach um, down there in Louisiana, who was a former, uh, I think, LSU player, an NFL player, that Tillery was kind of uh, has a higher ceiling on defensive tackle, which kind of goes against the grain of what everyone else thought about Tillery, which is just crazy and weird, so... Um, you know, if he's kind of a more advanced Jaron Jones, then I think that's awesome, and it kind of sounds like that's what they think right now. So, um, you know, he's just so big and so tall. I just it's it's so hard to see someone playing tackle. You know, Jaron Jones. It it took him so long to figure it out, and even still, I mean, he's had he's get, getting nicked up left and right, and now he has his foot injury. It's just so hard to play. You know. At that one tech at like six five or you know six four and a half, so you know it's super interesting to see what happens with him and and, and even as a freshman, you know, kind of talking about him playing. So um, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. Yeah, I I thought that was probably the most interesting part of Kelly's press mm-hmm. conference where when he was referring to that coach, and I remember reading a, an article. I can't remember if it was on. I think it was Irish Illustrated at the time when they were still on Rivals, and they had interviewed that coach talking about uh, Tillery's potential at defensive tackle. And I, you know, I got to watch the the one game of him play defensive tackle, and I I wasn't really blown away by what I saw. Uh, I mean, he did play like every play of the game, like you know. Hey, coach, can you take him off the punch team? Like, <laughs> he, uh, he literally never uh, stepped off the, the field, uh, which I thought was a little unfair to a guy who weighs over 300 pounds. But, um, you know, I, I mean, they said there's good reports about him early on. We'll, we'll see what happens with him in the spring. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, if he ends up being a, a, a Jerron Jones type of guy uh, or, or even better, I mean, that would be fantastic. You know, like, but uh, I'm not 100% sure based on the limited uh, film that I saw. And I do think, though, that he can be, like, a great offensive lineman. Uh, You know, I think he, like, uh, he can play mean. He can finish. I think he's got great feet. Um, I think he obviously needs, you know, some technique work there, too. It's not like he's a plug-and-play guy that would have, if Ronnie Stanley would have left, he would have been the left tackle. But I definitely think that he his he would have had a bright future as an offensive lineman. And I'm sure uh, Harry Heastand wants him to play offensive <laughs> line. So I'm sure he's fighting to get him back there. And if uh, Tillery doesn't have a good spring at defensive tackle, they're not impressed with him. Then I think uh, Heastand will, you know, be on uh, Kelly pretty hard to try to get him back there. But We'll see. I, I, you know, I don't know if that's what Tillery wants, right? It's, it, they're kind of making it sound like Tillery will do whatever he doesn't. He doesn't care, but uh, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. But I, I think he he would have a bright future 
at offensive line if that's where he ends up. Yeah, yeah you know, I think uh, one of the surprising things to me, too, was when Kelly said yesterday that they expect Tillery to play next year on the DL this coming season. And, you know, everybody, I, I think the, mo the most common reaction when the news came out that he was going to start out on defense was people thought, oh, okay, you know, we got a few guys on the interior. He can take a year to – because he didn't focus on defense in high school. He played it, he liked it, whatever, but he didn't focus as much on it. So you figure, okay, you know, he'll he'll learn the position, he'll get coaching, he'll redshirt. And now you hear Kelly say, no, he's going to play next year. Um, so that's interesting to me because we have – I mean, we have guys with game experience, obviously Day and, and Jones, but then behind, we don't know what's going, going to happen with Jones and the injury, but assuming he comes back. Then behind him you have Cage and Hayes who have both played. You know, you have Makwa who, you know, we don't we don't know what we're going to get out of him yet, but he's been here for a year. Um, so, you know, this here that Tillery is going to jump into the mix with all those guys, that was kind of interesting. Um, certainly at his size, 6'6", 305, I think he's listed, his athleticism is is just very rare. You know, he competed in triathlons in his senior year of high school, right? Uh, not Ironman, the shorter ones, but doesn't matter when you're 300 pounds. It's still pretty impressive, <laughs> you know. Um, so in athletic ability, you know, he's off the charts for a guy his size. And you think if if it can be done, you know, he'll he should find a way to do it. It's just, you know, can he be a plus defensive tackle? Probably. Can he be an elite offensive tackle? Yeah. I think I feel a little more confident in that. So, I, you know, I think long-term his future's at uh, on the offensive side. But, you know, if he never moves over there, it's because he proved us wrong on the defensive side. So that's not a bad problem to have. All right, our last defender to talk about, uh, Bo Wallace, another prospect out of Louisiana from John Curtis High School. A couple of years ago, if I had told you that we would get a player out of John Curtis, you would have thought I was crazy. So, uh, you know, awesome that they're making some inroads down there, especially with all the Catholics and stuff who live down in Louisiana. Um, our average for one foot down was 86.4. I gave him 86. Jamie was 84. Brendan with an 89. Um, you know... I'm an optimistic guy. Yeah. With Wallace, I mean... He's basically a, a big wide receiver <laughs> in terms of like body type. So, um, but with really good pass rushing skills, you know, basically with the thing with him is, can he put on the weight and can he turn into someone who can be more than just a pass rusher? I think that's those are the two big things with him moving forward. Um, probably impossible for him to play as a true freshman, and you know we'll see how much weight he puts on. Um, it might be tough for him even as a sophomore. So. Uh, like I said, he, he's listed as at 215 in some places. Uh, he looks a lot like more 200 or 205. He's pretty skinny, so uh, you know we'll see how he develops. I think with the, with a guy like Wallace, um, I think of uh, Nate Orchard, uh, the Utah defensive end, who's going to go in the draft this year, and he was I believe he was second in the nation in sacks this year, and uh, was just a disruptive player for them. Uh, he was a three-star wide receiver in high, uh, coming out of high school. And uh, he played defense, and uh, he was an all-state player on, on defense and um, might have been defensive player of the year in the state of Utah uh, growing up. and was, was a very good linebacker 
but obviously they saw him and saw like he was a twitchy guy who could uh, play that could project to play defensive end. And I think, I mean, I would rather take that guy than a guy who's 240 and you're like, you know, we can work on some things here and there. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather take the explosive guy and add weight to him than some some other guy who, who you think is ready-made but maybe not isn't as explosive. And I think that uh, Wallace definitely has a ton of potential to be great if if he puts on that weight and puts on that strength uh, and develops the technique because he's got the natural ability, like the natural quickness. I mean, he's just a, a guy who can naturally bend around the edge, but what uh, he's missing right now, other than the weight and strength, is the technique. Like, he's got to get better with his hands. He's got to develop, like, you know, a strong first move and a counter move off of that. Can he convert speed to power? He's someone who j rushed the full man a lot when I watched him. Uh, but when he rushes that edge and... Uh, I mean, he can just he can rip around there and, and get to the quarterback. So I'm really, really excited to see what kind of player he he ends up being at Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think he has, you know, he's another guy that definitely needs work, but he's a profile at that position that we don't usually get. We, you know, we don't we have trouble getting those speed guys on the edge, and uh, you know, to see him running around the in the offensive backfield, you know, just it's like making me dance a happy dance. But, um, you know, I, th I think he's, he certainly loves the idea, at least, of Notre Dame. You know, he, he visited, he fell in love, he tweets constantly. He tweeted before signing day uh, about how he was almost going to shed tears. He was so happy he was signing with us the next day. Um, so, you know, you, you see all that excitement in him. And you have to think that he's coming in with that excitement and the work ethic to uh, to do what he needs to do to develop. And I think with his athletic ability, like the only thing you would be concerned about, he does need to add weight. If he adds the weight, is he going to slow down? You know, is he going to lose any of that speed? And if he can, if he can bulk up and keep the speed, then yeah, I think he's going to be pretty special for us. All right, that wraps up defense. Now we're gonna. Turn our attention to the offense. We're going to go right to the offensive line. With Tillery on the defensive line, we only have two offensive linemen to talk about. The first one I want to bring up is Trevor Ruland. He's a guard prospect, not really overly highly rated. We had, gave him an 83.8. I had him at 83, Jamie at 84, and Brendan at 85. We're kind of all in agreement uh, in regards to you know what kind of player Trevor is, what kind of prospect he can become. Um, you know, in my opinion, it's just it's just going to be so hard for someone to be able to come in and not only you know break the rotation. I mean, there's not really a, a true rotation on the offensive line, but to become a starter right now at Notre Dame, um, especially at the guard position, I think is just going to be so incredibly tough. You know, there's a lot to like about Rulin. Really aggressive, really tough. He's mean. Um, you know, he's undersized, which isn't really a big deal to me. But you know, you look at some of the guys that they've recruited, and you know, I was just thinking the other day about you know, uh, now his name escapes me, the kid from Maryland from uh, the last class. Sam Mustafer. Sam, Sam Mustafer. You look at someone yeah. like him, I mean, we don't know if he's truly buried on the depth chart, but it just kind of seems that way after one year. And You know, that kid was a 
a much more highly touted kid coming out of high school. You know, you've got Jimmy Byrne, kind of a similar prospect to Rulon, maybe a little bit more uh, highly touted um, coming out of Ohio. But you know, there's there's like five or six guys, seven guys who can play guard right now. It's just gonna be really hard for Rulon to uh, to come in and you know beat those guys out after two or three years. Yeah, I think he has the mentality to beat those guys out. I I think he's just a finisher. Uh, he, I mean, like you said, he, he plays mean, and uh, I think he pl- plays with great technique. I uh, played in a system in high school where they ran the ball almost all the time, so he doesn't have a lot of experience pass blocking, but um, I, I remember reading that he uh, actually went, used to go to, like, uh, a specific coach just to work on uh, pass blocking technique, even though he wasn't doing it for his team, he knew he needed it for the next level, so he was already going about doing that stuff. And I think if he's a guy, you know, it, as stupid as this sounds, I think a lot of the times they grade people, a lot of these uh, recruiting services grade people off camps, which I think is so dumb for offensive linemen specifically. I think they should just throw it out the window when it comes to camps. You can see a little bit on that, but I mean, that's just, it's got to be a supplementary thing. It can't be, it can't replace what you actually see on film, and what you see on film is this guy's effort, he plays hard every play, yeah, he has to gain weight, and yes, he's definitely stuck behind people on the depth chart, but that's a good thing, because he needs to gain weight in order to play at at the next level, so he'll have time to develop, but I, I think if he does gain that weight, I think there's a good chance he's going to beat out more highly touted guys uh, in a few years just because of his mentality. I mean, that's the kind of mentality that I hope the the whole Notre Dame uh, offensive line has. I want guys who just want to put people in the ground, right? And if we're going to compete at that top level, then he's you know you need a guy like him uh, on your line. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think you see some movement. Or not that we ever didn't want to be that, but you see the staff having some uh, some results in that with guys like Quentin Nelson, guys like McGlinchey and uh, Nick Martin, and you know they're and now in this class, Ruland and Tristan Hodge. We'll get to in a second, but they all have that kind of like like you say, Jamie. They want to put a guy in the ground. They don't want to block him away from the play. They want to put him on his backside. <laughs> you know, um, they want to dominate on every snap and. You know, the mentality is just so key. I think with Ruland, you know, the uh, Willie Anderson, the pro bowler for Cincinnati, he actually had a glowing uh, review of Ruland um, a little while ago where he said he's one of the meaner attitudes Ruland has that he's seen in a guy and he loves it. Um, you know, so that that's very high praise, obviously, coming from a guy who knows what he's talking about. And And Anderson said, you know, he's got technique to work on too, but... He, he likes to see that attitude. I think the great thing, as far as working on technique and shaping bodies and et cetera, is that Heastan has done such a great job of recruiting the offensive line over the last few years uh, that you know we have this luxury now where we can bring in these guys and let them sit. And I think we're at a point where we have so many quality bodies that even good offensive line recruits might not really see the field until their junior year, which is a good thing. You know, you, you want that. And uh, it, it's great. It's a healthy place the offensive line is in right now. And uh, I think that health is going to let Ruland develop the way he needs to. And I definitely think he can be 
uh, a contributor, probably a starter down the road. All right, the other offensive lineman in this class is Tristan Hodge. Out of Idaho, I said in my comments that people can read on the site. He reminds me a lot of Matt Hegarty. Hegarty was a really highly touted kid out of New Mexico. They're both kind of from, you know, really small football states. Um, I think the one thing with Hodge, and Brian Kelly mentioned this in his presser, um, you know, he's really a true center. It sounds like they're not going to move him around or try to move him, uh, you know, to guard or tackle. Hegarty was originally a tackle who ended up moving to center, but it sounds like Hodge is going to be a true center, um, probably someone who can come in and start pretty quickly, maybe as a redshirt freshman. A lot to like with him, you know, um, really not anything too negative to say about him. Um, so I will let Jamie take it from here. I, I don't have really anything negative to say about uh, Hodge either, um, you know, other than the fact that, uh, like most offensive linemen, he's going to need some time uh, to get stronger, uh, to get bigger, to get stronger. Uh, he definitely struggled with the jump up in competition when he had to go against the Khalil McKenzie's of the world. Uh, you know, when I saw him at the opening, uh, he struggled at times. Uh, he got better as the week went on, uh, which was nice to see. But, uh, you know, he's someone, he, he's not ready-made uh, to play, and he, he doesn't have to be, which is great. So uh, I definitely think, though, I mean, he's another guy. He's mean as well. Like, he's just a guy. He's a finisher. And I think he uh, takes to coaching really well. Um, you know, I, I know he plays, he played in Idaho, and Idaho is not a great state. But I'll tell you one thing, uh, Highland, the program, uh, he went to is a very good uh, program, and so he's very well coached there. And I think he's he's going to be Notre Dame starting center uh, eventually down the line, and, and I, I think a really good one for Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, same same thing again. You know, I the guy has every everything on paper that you want to see in a, a center. You know, he's he's got the attitude, he's got the dedication to his craft. He's got the leadership qualities, you know, he, from day one, he was one of the leading or maybe the leading recruiter um, in this class of other guys and, and never wavered for a second, you know, I mean, he got his truck painted, right, with Notre Dame colors, his family bought a house in South Bend, you know, they've, they've been fully dedicated the whole time and it's great to see from a guy who is probably going to be a vocal leader down the line and a leader on the field too. Um, just a lot to love about him, and uh, almost, I would say, like Jamie, guaranteed multi-year starter for us. All right, now we got to talk about the top prospect in the the entire class, at least according to our grades. Alizé Jones tied in on a Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. Mm. Um, his average grade for us was a 95.6. All three of us on the podcast today gave him a 96. Um, this was the highest grade for me that I gave out going back a couple of years um, to Jalen Smith's class and Greg Bryant, Eddie, Van, Eddie Vander does. Um, I mean, really not anything bad to say about Jones. Just a phenomenal athlete. Um, you know, he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. Um, I mean, there's really not any weaknesses to his game. He's really improved his blocking. Um, took over... A bunch of his games in high school, especially against some of the better teams that they played. You know, Bishop Garman plays a really good schedule out there. Um, 
kind of travel all over the country to play some of the top teams. Um, and, you know, he, he could have gone to UCLA, and that was the school that he loved, and decided that he thought Notre Dame was the best place for him to become the, the best tight end that he can be, that he, that he can become. Um, and it looks like he's probably going to play as a true freshman. Uh, just a dynamite athlete. Um, I can't wait to see him take the field. Probably going to be a lot of hype around him. I would imagine, um, you know, in August camp, there's going to be some rumblings about him making this play or making that catch and running away from these guys. And um, so it's exciting times for a player like him coming in because you know that all that great stuff's coming as soon as he steps on the field and in practices and stuff like that. So super pumped about Alize. Yeah, I just. Cosine, yeah, just add all that. I, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, a fun guy to watch uh, throughout his career, and I, I think he could end up being, um, you know, one of the one of the best tight ends that Notre Dame has, mm. has ever had. And considering the uh, the history at tight end, uh, especially recently, I mean, that's exciting to think about. Uh, the guy is a dynamic uh, athlete, um, I and I think he's a better blocker. Than a lot of people um, give him credit for, and I think you know the main thing is he's a, he's a willing blocker and mm. uh, he wants to get better at it as well. Um, I I do think he's going to play this year, um, you know, which says something when you think that the other four guys who are going to be there this spring, uh, you know, they have four tight ends who are going to be there this spring, and all four of those guys were four-star players, right? So uh, you know they're going to, I mean. Hopefully those guys step up, and if they step up and Elise Jones doesn't play, then that means they're doing something right because I think uh, Elise Jones is that uh, that talented, and uh, I'm super excited to see him play this year and uh, more even more so in, in future years because I think he can be a big time weapon in Northern's offense. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll co-sign also. <laughs> you know, I mean, like Eric touched on, you know, he just took over games. He dominated games in high school against some pretty good competition, and that's hard to do from the tight end position. You know, he's he, 6'5", and I think he's already 220, a little under that maybe. Runs in the four sixes. He's just a nightmare matchup uh, wherever you put him on the field. And uh, I, I just can't see a way that he won't be on the field next year and be on the field early. Uh, you know, he's just a skill set that we don't have right now. And, and that's not knocking the guys on campus now because I like them. I think they're all good players. But they, they're just not the same kind of player that he is. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Jamie. I think by the time he's done, if he lives up to the potential he has, by the time he's done, he could be one of the best we've ever had there. And it's saying a lot. Heavy stuff to put on a kid before he even gets here. But he, uh, he deserves it, I think. Now on National Signing Day, Notre Dame picked up a, a commit, as you were, I guess you really don't call them a commit when they sign. So um, we're going to talk about Equinemius St. Brown, um, the president of the Finer Things Club now, steps in <laughs> as a true freshman, takes over that mantle. Uh, we gave him an average grade of a 91. Um, pretty high grades across the board. I was at 89. Jamie's at 92. Brendan's at 90. Um, you know, the thing that popped out to me on film was, you know, he's probably, if not a legit 6'5", he's probably... 6'4 plus, um, you know, my thing with recruiting is they always add two inches, but he's probably up there. Um, his feet are just phenomenal for his 
size, for his length. Um, really good hands. You know, didn't really have the best senior year, but I really feel like this is someone who could just blow up after a year or two, and uh, we'd look back and say, you know, how is this kid not a five star, or how did we not create him as like a 96 or 97 on par with Alizé Jones? And of course. The cool name factor here is through the roof, so, you know, that's bonus points for me. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to force his way into the field as a freshman. Um, he's still pretty skinny. Um, you know, his dad was Mr. Universe, and I know that he works out a lot, but um, he'll probably bulk up a little bit more, um, especially uh, in his legs and, and stuff like that, so... But athletically, you know, foot speed is always, like, the one thing I look at when I'm watching these guys on film. And it's really, I mean, it's it's so hard to, to uh, you know, scout these guys when you're just looking at YouTube videos <laughs> if you don't see them in person like Jamie at the opening. But, uh, you know, foot speed for me, he comes off the line like he's five foot ten, And I think that's just really impressive. And I think that's a really good indication that he's going to be uh, a really good receiver uh, for Notre Dame. Yeah, I think he's got athletically, he's super gifted, and it's just uh, the little things uh, that he's going to have to work on. Uh, consistency, uh, catching the football. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that I, you know, you could be, you could throw a jump ball to him and he can go up and get it. Uh, you know, he can run away from people after the catch. He's got that kind of ability. Um, I think even though he had uh, Travis Waller, who's going to Oregon, who was another guy who was on Notre Dame's radar after Blake Barnett decommitted, uh, I don't think you know Waller is the most polished uh, guy in the pocket in terms of his throwing too. So uh, you know there that that and some other things this year maybe led to him to having not as good of a senior year as you expected, but. Um, you know the competition. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get on the field. Uh, he's certainly talented enough to do it, though, if he comes in with the right attitude. And um, I, I mean, he's out of in terms of upside. He has the highest upside by far out of um, any of uh, the wide receivers on offense. Maybe even out of the whole class, um, other than uh, uh, Alize Jones. So uh, I think he and you know, like you said. Uh, the best name of all time. <laughs> Equinemius Tristan Imhotep J. St. Brown. That's the full name. Got to give him credit for the full name, right? But uh, very, very colorful family. But, you know, if you're grading him on straight ability, yeah, he probably deserves a 96 with Jones, you know, or, or whatever, maybe more. I don't know, because he's kind of a freak athlete. You know, he's 6'5", 200, but he's a strong... 200. He runs uh, a sub 4540. You know, like Eric said, he cuts really well for a guy his size. Um, you know, he has every physical tool you could possibly imagine. Uh, I was actually more impressed by his junior film than his senior. And looking at the senior film, you know, it looks like I don't know. I mean, I heard you know he was dinged up. He was his younger brother had joined the varsity this past season and became more a part of the offense, and that's part of why his numbers went down too. But he had some bad drops. He had, even on his highlight reel, which is kind of funny, you can see him kind of rounding off cuts on his route sometimes. You know, just like Jamie said, little things that maybe is not, you know, show you that maybe he's not having the full-time attention to detail that he needs to really 
break into a crowded receiver rotation. I mean, I, I can't even fathom the talent we have at receiver over the next couple of seasons, you know. Um, and a lot of that talent right now on campus already is proven. So he's really going to have to come to play to break into it. He has the ability. He has the ability to be phenomenal. You know, like Eric said, we could look back and say, what was everybody thinking? Um, I hope that he does, obviously, because I'm an Irish fan, right? But I hope that the light turns on for him because I think he could really be elite if it does. All right, the second receiver is Miles Boykin, also a really tall receiver, uh, average grade of 89.0. I gave him 85, Jamie was at 90, and Brendan was also at 90. I kind of hedged my bet with Boykin, and I, you know, I don't really think it's super fair to him to do that. You know, I, when I'm looking at these grades, I'm kind of looking at the depth chart, kind of like where all these guys fit in and, you know, projecting playing time in the future. And I kind of prefer, you know, receivers that are 5'11 and, like, 6'1". I, I'm not really, like, crazy about the super tall receivers just because so many of them aren't really quick enough to play, you know, at a high level. And, you know, you look at, you know, bringing in St. Brown, there's already... Corey Robinson on the roster. I, I think that it's going to be tough for Miles Boykin to be able to carve out a role, especially early on in his career. But he did really improve a lot as a senior. Um, you know, I thought he was kind of slow looking as a junior, um, and he really improved uh, in a lot of those areas coming out of out of his stance. You know, uh, running after the catch, he was pretty impressive for his size. Um, you know, didn't play like in Florida or Texas, so that can be kind of hard to judge. But I think he's a good receiver. I just kind of think he's going to be uh, someone who's going to have a really hard time breaking into the depth, at least as an underclassman. You know, maybe once Corey Robinson's gone and, you know, maybe there will be an opening on the outside, I think he'll be able to play a little bit more. But, you know, a good receiver, um, there's no shame in being kind of the, f the fourth-rated receiver out of this these four that are coming in. But, uh, you know, most years I think we'd be really excited about him coming in. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, in in other years he he'd be getting a lot more hype. Um, I, I think if he came in the same time as Corey Robinson, he'd probably play before Corey Robinson. But you know, Corey Robinson has a couple more years of uh, being in the program and uh, knowing the system, so he'll probably be ahead of him. But I could see him being, um, you know, a similar player to to Robinson. Uh, later in his career, and and with a little bit more upside in terms of his ability after the catch, because I think that uh, you know Robinson isn't going to run away from too many people. I think he's the kind of guy who usually gets open because of scheme or because he can uh, body them up. And I think uh, Boykin might be able to do a bit more than that, um, you know, eventually. And uh, I mean, the the thing is, is yeah, you look at the depth chart, and it's going to be tough for him to play. Um, early on, but uh, you know, there's always going to be stuff that happens. It's like look at Tory Hunter Jr. He's a guy that um, you know he hasn't really found his role yet. So I mean, it's it's tough to say what's going to happen with receivers, but I I definitely like his potential. Yeah, I'm uh, right there with you again. I think you know it's kind of interesting that the staff took Boykin and St. Brown in this class. I mean, St. Brown obviously has I think more upside, but they're similar physical profiles. Um, Boykin actually is, I think, maybe faster than he looks or faster than people tend to think. You know, he, at one of the Nike events, he ran a 4.5140. That's pretty respectable. Um, maybe maybe he's one of those long striders. He doesn't look as fast. But 
um, like Jamie said, you know, he he should have the ability to really break away, not just be pigeonholed as a possession guy. But um, interesting that we took two of those kinds of guys in this class, and especially with um, some of the guys we have on on campus already. You know, I think Robinson is the only kind of big receiver, but uh, but still, that's not many minutes to go around for a lot of guys that fit kind of the same profile. So we'll see. You know, we'll see where he's ultimately going to fit in. I think he will redshirt this year, most likely, but uh, but could see him sliding into a, a significant role at some point. I, we must, at some point, be planning on having like an eight-man receiver rotation. That's the only thing <laughs> I can think of. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. It seems like Brian Kelly likes to practice with a lot of receivers. I know he mentioned that. Uh, I think he mentioned that in his press conference yesterday. There's a certain amount of – I don't think he threw out a number a number out there, but it seems like he likes a lot of receivers on the, the depth chart. Uh, so, you know, uh, the third receiver that we're going to talk about, C.J. Sanders, uh, probably my favorite player in this class, really. Um, just so excited to watch him play. Uh, we gave him an average of 91.2. I gave him a 92. Jamie was at 90, and Brendan was at 92. Um you know, he's the type of player where I think he could play like five different positions and really be a really good college football player at all those five positions. Um, you know, it seems like he's going to be a, a, a slot receiver to start his career. I think, you know, Crawford and Dexter Williams, who we'll talk about in a second, are guys who will get really long looks at returning on punt return and kick return. But I really think C.J. Sanders is probably uh, right up there as, as the top player in this class. Um, his his film is, is awesome. There's really so much to like. Um, he's strong. Uh, he's super fast. Probably, I guess you'd probably say, I don't know if we've ever really had a good 40 time on him. It'll be interesting to see you know, oh. if Notre Dame, you know, they kind of leak 40 times sometimes when they do it in the spring or whatever. I um, think he had one of the top 10 40 times at the yeah. Spark uh, event at the opening. So oh, that, the yeah, opening, that's right. He ran he, a 4-3-7, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah his, his numbers at the opening were just lights out. His shuttle time, his, his vertical and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I've said before, I think you could – I think he should get some looks at running back. I don't know if – you know, they closed really well with Dexter Williams, um, but, you know, if there's ever major injuries, I think he's someone who could play running back. You know, he's kind of built like a running back. I think he's going to be a superstar. Um, I'll be disappointed, I think, if he's not, you know, you know, kind of a 30 or 40 catch guy as like a sophomore or a redshirt freshman. I'm, I'm assuming he's playing as a freshman. Uh, it's going to be really tough to uh, to keep him off the field. My only concern is maybe, you know, the, the wide receiver depth is so so deep right now that I hope they don't just kind of waste him uh, as a freshman, you know, kind of maybe returning punts and maybe not even returning kicks and not really getting a whole lot of time. That's my only concern with him, um, but I think he's going to be fantastic right out of the gate, and uh, it seems like everyone else feels the same way too, so good on them. Yeah, no, I'm, I think he's – the reason that he'll have, have a chance to play out of the gate is because he's different than all the other receivers yeah. in the roster, yeah. right? Like, he's he, he's a true slot guy. Uh, you know, he can cr- create separation easily. He's re- really quick, but he, ha- he has that long speed, too. Also, the guy who, uh, you know, not afraid of contact, will go and catch catch the ball in uh, uh, tight spaces 
and uh, isn't afraid to take a hit. Uh, you know, can't he's strong enough to break tackles. Could be a guy who's an immediate uh, punt return candidate too, along with Crawford. Um, yeah, just a different guy than Notre Dame has had as as a as a slot. And um, I mean, I I can definitely see him taking snaps away from some of these other guys because he's because he's a different pl- type of player. Right. Uh, you know, I think just listening to Jamie talking, you know, taking snaps away from other guys. I think um, looking at him, you know, one way to kind of picture him is he's Amir Carlisle on fast forward, you know, mm-hmm. and Carlisle's not a bad player. <laughs> you know, it's just the the speed that he does things. He's a Tennessee uh, state champ in the 100 meter last year. Um, of course, moved to California this year. I think track season hasn't come up yet, so we'll see. But at the opening, he, I just pulled it up while we were talking here. He ran a 4.3240. He ran a 3.78 shuttle, which I was going back through the uh, NFL.com That's ridiculous. draft yeah. draft comma. Yeah, it's insane. It's it's the fastest time as far back as the NFL uh, website goes for the draft combine, uh-huh. and it goes back to 06. So it's the fastest time since at least then of of NFL ready guys, right? It's just insane. Just the and I think uh, forty inch vertical too. So just you talk about explosive athletes. This guy has it, and I would be pretty surprised if he isn't returning the opening kickoff against Texas because he just he just has that home run ability, and I think it's just going to be too hard to resist getting him on the field. Okay, we talked about four receivers. The fourth is Jalen Guyton out of Texas, out of Allen High School. We gave him a grade of 89. I was at 88. Jamie was at 87. Brendan was at 92. Um, physically, you know, I think if you're going to build a receiver, I think he's got, like, perfect size. He's kind of six foot, six one, um, Pretty good weight already. I think he's probably a legit 190. Um, some room to, to add a little bit of weight, but maybe not too much. You know, had a fantastic senior year, had a fantastic junior year. No one really knows why he was rated where he was. Didn't really do the camp circuit at all. Um, he was so underrated that now he's kind of become overrated uh, for being <laughs> underrated. So um, I'll let you guys talk about him. Um, probably a sneaky – I mean, like I said, he's so underrated, but just a sneaky good receiver that, you know, maybe some years he's Notre Dame's top target and we're just – Loving everything about him, but you know now we're kind of like, oh, he's the third or fourth best receiver in this class. Uh, ho hum. Yeah, I was surprised that he didn't get the bump up to uh, a four star after the kind of season he had, and not just I'm talking about the numbers because I I'm a not a big believer in this guy threw for this amount of yards or this guy rushed for three thousand <laughs> yards in high school because yeah. I mean it's a different level of competition, you know, and it's. It's just one of those things. Or some some guys, it's like, well, the guy had, you know, they gave him the ball like how many times? Or it, anytime a guy gets ten yards a carry or something like that, you know, it's like, well, how legit is this? You know, like this is kind of ridiculous. So, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's it's always tough to translate, but I mean, he played against the best competition in the state of Texas, and uh, and dominated, right? Like he was a dominant player. Uh, he had had a great. Uh, quarterback throwing the ball to him. Kyler Murray's uh, committed to Texas A&M. Uh, but he's going to have great quarterbacks thrown to him at uh, Notre Dame as well. And uh, I I mean, I think he does a lot of things well. Like, he really does a great job catching the ball. Um, 
you know, runs good routes. I think he's a guy who um, ha- has more than enough speed. Uh, I mean, it, it just, I think, I, I mean, it's so tough because there's so many receivers. It's it's like a, an embarrassment of riches at receivers, but uh, I, I think he's the kind of guy, like, um, that I, I'm, I'm not going to say, like, he's, I would be shocked if he's not a, like, uh, contributor. Like, I think he's going to be uh, a good player for Notre Dame, maybe not right away just because of the depth, but uh, I do think, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, TJ Jones a little bit. So, Stole uh, my line. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I, I like yeah. him a lot. Yeah. You know, Jamie, you talk about the stats. It's funny. You like high school baseball, right? you Talking to a guy, I was like, "Oh, I had 420 in high school." Yeah, everybody hits 400 in high yes, school. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're not hitting 400 in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're probably we, not. Yeah. Uh, no, but with Guyton, you know, it's, it's funny. I was just going to say, you know, he reminds me of T.J. Jones. And when you talk about the depth at the position, I mean, the guy that everybody said last year reminded them of T.J. Jones was Corey Holmes, and he redshirted. You know. Um, and that's again, that's a good position to be in because you you got talented guys who are not able to get on the field. Um, Guyton, you know, I, he had this phenomenal year, and I just don't see him uh, being a guy long term that doesn't find his way on the field. You know, it's kind of a convoluted way of saying it, but you know, short term, I, I agree with you. I'm just kind of repeating everything. He, you know, there's so many bodies there right now. It's tough to see him getting minutes next year. Uh, certainly significant minutes, but at the same time, his ability is so good, it's tough to see him not earning a role uh, down the road. All right, just a few more prospects to go. Uh, Now we're to the running backs. Uh, We're going to talk about Dexter Williams, who also signed with Notre Dame, uh, gave his verbal on National Signing Day. He had an average grade of 90.4. I was at 91. Jamie was at 90. Brendan was at 92. I really like Dexter Williams a lot. I think he kind of saved the class in some respects. Um, you know, the safety recruiting is going to be talked about a lot during the offseason, but, you know, being able to snag uh, a caliber of running back like Dexter Williams, uh, you know, on the last day is just a phenomenal job by the coaching staff, by Tony Alford, and uh, players like Greg Bryant who helped to, uh, you know, kind of ease uh, his commitment and kind of bring him home. Um, you know, the, the player that jumped out to me looking at his film was Sierra Wood. I think he kind of has that suddenness and that burst, but also that kind of long open field stride that Sierra Wood had. Um, the thing with Dexter was, you know, he kind of had a compact torso. He doesn't have, like, this really long body, but his legs are really long. And I think that's kind of a sneaky, like, key to a really good running back. You don't have like this huge target on your chest, but you have long legs that can, you know, kind of propel you in the open field and just watching him run. I mean, it, there's really not a whole lot to uh, to not like about his his running abilities. Um, you know, I'm super picky with running running backs, so I could just talk for like a half hour about what he could do better, but he runs super hard. I think, you know, like a lot of guys, he's going to have a little bit of a problem running in between the tackles, but you know, I think he can definitely be a really effective uh, one-cut running back on, you know, outside zone and, and stuff like that. So um, I would be shocked if he doesn't play as a true freshman. Um, I know I only had him at a 91, but I probably could be convinced to maybe rate him a little bit higher. I think he's a really, really, really good running back. 
Um, I know he kind of blew up a little bit as a senior, uh, but uh, you know I, I've glowing all, nothing but glowing reviews for Dexter Williams. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see him play. I think he's got a chance to play uh, this year as well. Uh, I you know a guy who could be a big playback. I like how he gets skinny through the hole and. Uh, I think he's a better inside runner than a lot of people give him credit for. Maybe bounced it a little bit too much as a junior, but became a better inside runner as a senior. I think he's got good feet, good burst. Uh, I really like uh, you know what I see from Williams, and uh, I, I mean I, we don't have a ton of numbers at running back, but uh, the guys we do have uh, are pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, same same deal for me. I think he'll see the field next year. I think he's he's a great package. You know, he's a tough guy. He's a physical guy, but he still cuts well. He's he's fast in the open field. Um, I really liked, looking at his highlight film, I really liked his patience and uh, and his decision-making. You know, you can see him as fast as he is. A lot of kids that speed in high school will just take the ball and go, right? But he gave his blocks a chance to set up, and when he saw the opening, he hit it real hard and, and went. And I love to see that, you know, in, in the zone blocking scheme that Kelly uses, that's a perfect mindset to have. You know, it's something that I think um, maybe has kept Greg Bryant from seeing more time because he, he didn't kind of have that natural tendency to be patient. So to see it in Dexter, you know, that's encouraging. Um, the open field speed, I, he's a home run guy. He's not quite at that, you know, sixth gear level. Like some, like maybe a Reggie Bush, but how many guys are right? He definitely is fast enough that if he gets in the open, he he's going to be able to take it to the house. Um, and yeah, I think he'll be on the field next year and he'll do some good things. All right, the second running back is Josh Adams out of Pennsylvania. Uh, OFD average of eighty-five point eight. I was at eighty-four. Jamie was at eighty-seven. Brendan was at eighty-five. Uh, my thing with uh, Josh Adams is, you know, I just. With his body type, he's just kind of a strange-looking athlete, to be honest. Uh, you know, he's he's pretty lanky, um, not really like super cut, but he's kind of got a mu- muscular, long um, body type. I guess is a good way to put it. Um, you know, everyone's gonna throw around the fact that you know he's six one, six two, and over two hundred pounds, and he's gonna be a power back. But I I think I see more of a you know, more of a finesse runner, a guy who can get to the edge and and uh, and, and be kind of a, a, a good runner on the edge and, and in the open field. I don't think he's really super fast, um, which I think is a little bit concerning. But I mean, at his at his height, you know, there's not really too many running backs that are super fast. Um, I thought it was interesting that Brian Kelly kind of, out of all the guys he talked about, it really seemed like Josh Adams was like one of the two or three that he really seemed to love a lot. Um, I don't know if that's kind of uh, hiding some other motives. Maybe he's trying to pump him up and give him some confidence. But I, it does seem like the coaching staff really likes him a lot. And, uh, you know, we'll see if he sticks at running back. I know people will say that he could play another position, maybe linebacker. But I'm, I'm assuming he's probably going to stay at running back over his career. Um, but he's a really good second running back to, uh, to uh, bring in. And obviously it was great that he – was able to uh, recover from his knee injury as a junior and have a, a really a phenomenal senior season. Yeah, I did. I find that interesting when Kelly does that. I think a lot of the times he does that with certain guys because um, maybe they committed earlier 
and they didn't really get the kind of love that yeah. some of the other guys, especially if you notice. So, I mean, I thought he talked, you know, two guys, for example, uh, Adams and Elijah Taylor, and he talked glowingly about them. And I mean, he talked glowingly about everyone, but uh, specifically those guys seemed to, to be a little bit more than expected. And I think part of that is that those guys didn't get invited to All-Star games. And uh, I think that's kind of like a big badge of honor for a lot of those kids at that age where they want to get invited to those all-star games and have that experience and say, oh, I'm a blah, 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 all-American. And when you, you know, maybe it hurts your ego a little bit if you didn't get invited, even though you're a four-star player or you have a scholarship from Notre Dame. And, um, you know, hopefully those guys have a chip on their shoulder and, and do better. But anyways, that's kind of a little bit of a side on that. But uh, I do think he was, you know, anytime a player... If someone gets hurt during their junior year, uh, I mean, not only does that hurt you in recruiting, but that hurts you in terms of your ranking because that's the big year where most of recruiting rankings are based off, that junior film. And if you don't have that junior film, uh, you're going to, unless you're Noel Devine and you're, you know, your things, uh, your videos going viral when you're a freshman, uh, you're not going to be like a, a high four-star or four, five-star player. And I think that was the case with Adams, who played partially as a junior and had really impressive film, uh, but missed most of the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he looked really good as a senior to me. He put up, put up big numbers, even though I'm not a big numbers guy. But I think that, uh, uh, you know, he's definitely a good pickup. I, I mean, I like Williams a little bit better. As a back in him, but uh, and he does have that weird. It doesn't look like a natural running back body because he is taller. Uh, but uh, I mean, he does a lot of things well. I think he has better feet than you would expect for a guy his size. He catches the football really well, even though uh, Brian Kelly doesn't really throw it to the back too often. But I think he, uh, you know, I think he's an uh, an underrated player overall, and uh, you know. He's definitely uh, someone that I, I think will, will get carries in his career. If he ever be, I don't know if he'll ever be the feature back, but I, I, I think he's a good pickup. Yeah, same, same here again. <laughs> you know, and I know, you know, Eric mentioned that um, it's not entirely fair to bigger guys to pigeonhole them as power packs, power backs, just because they're bigger guys. But I do think that's a role. Um, he could fit into well, not to say that that's going to be all he does, but I thought it was kind of interesting. I think he's been listed pretty consistently in uh, the recruiting services as 210, maybe even 208, and the signing day release uh, lists him as 220. So I'm probably self-reported, but he's already a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, he he has, I thought watching his film, now it's kind of tough because you watch the highlights and it's like, Sometimes it looks like he's playing middle schoolers, <laughs> so the competition maybe is a little suspect. But for a guy Apparently, who saw, you know, I always thought that. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Brandon, yeah, but sure. I always, I always thought that as well when I watch it. But apparently, that's some of the better competition in Pennsylvania. Really? That's maybe it's just because be he's a bigger guy. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, for the size he is, I think he cuts pretty well. Um, you know, and and he's. Definitely faster than you'd expect, um, and he definitely can, like Eric says, contribute beyond just being a power back. I kind of suspect that's the role he'll find at least early. You know, with if, if he sees the field next year, I think it'll be more likely either 
in mop-up duty or in uh, short yardage, um, which is fine. It's, it's you know it's a role that we need on the team. Uh, I think maybe he's a guy similar, not as big, but to uh, to Robert Hughes in that he's a bigger guy, but he has better agility and speed than you tend to think, um, and can maybe be a little more versatile. But uh, and, and also like Jamie says, he's a great receiver. Um, you kind of wonder if maybe he could figure into two back sets where you know if we see a certain look, he could flex out because he's got decent receiving skills. I know we all have been kind of dying to see that. <laughs> um, so maybe maybe that's the kind of profile they want at running back to be able to do stuff like that too. So we'll see. But I think he'll definitely have a, a significant home on the team. All right, our last player. Saving the quarterback for last, Brendan Wimbush out of uh, New Jersey. Uh, OFD average of 94.2. Uh, Jamie and I both gave about 94. Brendan gave 95. Uh, almost the total package, I would say, at quarterback. You know, maybe missing the height. He's not a big 6'5 guy. Um, it kind of seems like he's a mashed up version of Golson and Zaire in some ways, uh, kind of picking the the good things from both quarterbacks and kind of smashing them together into one prospect. Um, pretty amazing that, you know, with Blake Barnett in the fold and he decommits and Notre Dame ends up with Brandon Win- Wimbush, who, I don't know, you could probably make the case had one of the best senior years, you know, just taking into account the way his team played, how he played, you know, how he did in the All-Star games and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's going to be super in- interesting to see uh, how he progresses when he gets to Notre Dame. Um, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks on campus right now. Um, kind of s- seems like they'd be wasting him on scout team, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. There's some walk-ons that could probably play that role. But, gosh, it's going to be so hard to, to for him to just sit on the bench um, after a redshirt year, uh, assuming he's redshirting. He's just so talented just checks off so many boxes that you want for a quarterback. Um, I think, you know, he's not 6'5", but for me, you know, I like, sometimes I like a quarterback that's a little bit smaller, you know, in terms of running ability. He's just not a a huge target. Um, So at 6'2", I think that's just perfect size for college, especially for for, uh, Brian Kelly's offense. Um, You know, we could just go on for days about one bush. What do you think, Jamie? Um. Yeah, I mean, I would just gush about the guy as well. I think he's uh, in a really exciting prospect. Um, I love the way Notre Dame is recruited at quarterback. I think, um, you know, I could see any of the guys uh, being the starter, you know, like in terms of uh, Wimbush. I, I mean, I wouldn't say because he's a true freshman. I don't think he's ready to to play as a true freshman, but I, I do think that uh, I – He'll he'll have a chance to compete uh, in 2016 for the starting job, and that's even if Zaire is returning as a starter. Um, you know, I, I think he's he's that talented, and uh, I mean he's got a phenomenal arm, like just a big big time arm. Uh, you know, bigger than a, a, even Everett Golson, who gets a lot of uh, praise for his arm. And uh, I mean he's an exciting player, uh, a state champion in high school. Um, someone that uh, I mean, we Andy really lucked into um, getting uh, getting getting him after Barnett decommitted, and um, uh, on, honestly, I mean, obviously Blake Barnett. I think the guy is going to be um, 
probably a pretty good player, but um, I mean, I'm more than happy with Wimbish over Barnett. Yeah, I thought it was uh, kind of interesting. You know, Kelly's comments yesterday. He didn't mention Barnett by name, but somebody asked him a question about you thought you were set at quarterback, you had a decommitment. What you know, what made you take an interest in Wimbush? And Kelly said actually that the staff was when Barnett decommitted. Um, he said they didn't see quarterback as a huge need in this cycle, and they were prepared to pass on the position. He said, and then I saw. Uh, Brandon's film, and I said, "Hang on, we need this guy." <laughs> you know, and you know, it, it's interesting to hear him voice that opinion because from outside the program, you look at Wimbush, and he certainly looks like the perfect talent for Kelly's system. You know, he's uh, cannon arm, like Jamie said. He's great accuracy. He's a leader. You know, everybody talks about him, you know, having this magnetic personality. Uh, he's a good runner. He's not necessarily a running quarterback, but he's, uh, you know, when he runs, he's decisive. He's fast. He'll lower the shoulder. He'll do, you know, um, like Eric said, the, the kind of the mashup of Golson and Zaire. He's, he's the effective runner that Zaire is, but he's a polished passer that Golson is. And, uh, you know, a little more size so he can take a little more of a beating. Um, I, you know, it, it's just hard. He's another guy. It's hard to see him not getting on the field after this year because, of course, I do think he'll redshirt this year. But, you know, we we have no idea what Deshaun Kaiser can do yet. But even at that, it's hard to say 2016. Man, I could definitely see Winbush winning the number two job at least and maybe even pushing Zaire. And it sounds kind of crazy for a guy who looked – pretty decent in limited action this year and is, you know, two years ahead of Wimbush in the system. But he, he's that kind of talent, and I think at some point he's going to be exceptional for us. All right, well, that's uh, 2015 Notre Dame recruiting class. Um, we're going to wrap things up here pretty quickly, but before we get out of here, we're going to talk about some of the coaching moves going on right now at Notre Dame. Kerry Cooks, the defensive back coach, is on his way to Oklahoma. Um, he probably is going to be getting a hefty raise. Um, mm. We're not really clear on what position he's coaching, what he was promised by Oklahoma, this or that. And, uh, be that as may, it looks like Notre Dame's going to be hiring former uh, cornerback from the late 80s, early 90s, Todd Light, All-American. Not a super uh, great resume, but you know, in terms of giving someone that was at Notre Dame an all-mater, uh, played in the NFL, won a Super Bowl, um, Pretty much an awesome hire looking at it from that point of view. Um, also, quarterback coach Matt LaFleur is rumored to be going to the Atlanta Falcons. That looks like that's pretty much a done deal. Um, and also we dealt with some false Brady Hoke rumors on National <laughs> Signing Day. Um, that looked like it was true for about an hour and a half. Um, pretty crazy to think about that. Um, what did you guys think about that? I mean, it was like... Shocking at first, but then everyone was like, well, hold on a second. This guy's a pretty good D-line coach. Uh, he'd be a good recruiter. And then it kind of morphed into almost uh, a, a scenario where you're kind of disappointed that it didn't happen, which was kind of like a complete 180 from the original uh, rumors that were out there. Yeah, I was, uh, I was kind of a little disappointed, actually. At first, I was pretty shocked when it happened. And I know that, you know, 
people were getting their jokes ready for uh, uh, if it, if it happened. But um, I I think he would have been uh, uh, a nice addition to the staff. I'm not sure how it would work out because I'm someone who uh, is a is a fan of Mike Elson and w- what he's done. I don't know if he's the most dynamic recruiter, but I think he's done a fairly good job with the defensive line since he's been at Notre Dame. So, uh, you know, and I would assume that Hoke would come in as, as a defensive line coach. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I actually was a little bit uh, disappointed in that. And as far as uh, Todd Light goes, you know, I, I'm thrilled that uh, he's the guy. And uh, especially in terms of recruiting, like I read something on, uh, uh, I guess, Blue and Gold, which is on Rivals now. Uh, I read something on there today where they are talking about his uh, his style of recruiting, and uh, I guess he recruited a couple of uh, kids who ended up going to Stanford to Vanderbilt, uh, where he was at for briefly before uh, uh, now apparently taking the Notre Dame job. Uh, he was recruiting these kids, and these coaches spoke really glowingly of him, and I just think it's a great idea to have a guy who, uh, you know, played at Notre Dame, went through the same kind of things that happened, uh, and can show what a Notre Dame degree has meant to him to sell that to recruits. I think that uh, is gonna is gonna help a lot. And uh, you know, I I mean, I hope he's as good a coach as Cooks. I think Cooks did a pretty good job. Um, you know, we'll see. I know obviously he was he was with Chip Kelly at Oregon and then at, with the Eagles as well. So uh, we'll we'll see how it how it goes. But um, you know, I'm all for um, if you know there's someone who's worthy of getting hired, uh, you know, having uh, an ex-player uh, um, come on the staff, I think is, it's it's always a nice, a nice thing, and I think they always have the chance to be very good recruiters. Yeah, you know, I, I love the light hire. I think it's phenomenal. I think, you know, we'll see. I, I don't think, we don't, we don't know how he's going to be as a coach, really, right? I don't think he's going to be a bad coach. He certainly knows uh, what he's doing at the position. You know, he was a two-time All-American. He was a Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champ. Um, you know, he's got a lot of maybe the kids now don't necessarily know his name right away, like they would maybe Dion or or Darrell Rivas or something. But he um, he definitely has the credibility on his resume to say, hey, I know what I'm talking about. Um, he's been in the college game. He, you know, with Oregon, he. He has some, you know, he's not coming into this cold like he was sitting around on his couch and said, hey, I want to coach, and sure, come on back and we'll, we'll take you. Um, so he, he has some experience with that. I think another key thing is, uh, you know, he's an elite-level talent uh, out of high school and, and then for us also from uh, an inner-city situation, a tough background, and those are the kinds of kids who hear a lot from other schools about how, they can't fit at Notre Dame. They can't cut it at Notre Dame. And, you know, they won't be happy there. And here's a guy who comes from that same background and obviously did great and loved it enough that he came back now at this point in his career. Um, so he could really sell it, I think, to to those kids that are maybe hearing that they can't fit. Um, so I, I think it's phenomenal. I'm very interested to see what recruiting territory he gets. I hope he gets California. <laughs> Because uh, I think, you know, with that background, uh, I don't know how much it'll necessarily matter that he played in L.A., but certainly with his background, he'll, have, um, 
that have a lot of credibility out there from the start. Um, the Brady Hoke thing was kind of nuts. <laughs> uh, you know, it would have been so bizarre and, and, I don't know, ironic, twist of fate, whatever you want to call it, for him to end up here. But I think lost in the tire fire that Michigan became last year is that he is actually a decent position coach. He, he is actually a very good recruiter. Um, you know, I'd like to say what, what would that mean for other staff shuffling? You know, would Elston move to linebackers? Is Elston was rumored to be taking the Central Michigan job um, not once but twice over the past month, and that's been shot down. Um, so there, there really wasn't any immediate home for him, uh, obvious home. But uh, it would have been odd. I, I would have kind of enjoyed it from the standpoint of, and like I said, I think he's a decent coach and a good recruiter. It also would have been kind of fun to stick a thumb in the eye of Michigan people, <laughs> always, you know. Um, and then the quarterback coach with the floor leaving, you know, I, obviously the question is who's going to replace him. Um, that one kind of had no no uh, foreshadowing at all. Um, I think what's interesting is I just saw a comment. We were talking about it before we got on air. But uh, from Brandon Wimbush's mother, about something Kelly said to her uh, on signing day. He called her before, called them, her and Brandon, um, that morning, and he said that he wanted them to hear it from him that LaFleur was leaving. He didn't want them to see it from the news. But don't worry because uh, they'll they'll find a, a very competent QB coach to take care of Brandon while he's there. And that kind of implies that He's looking for someone who's established himself as a quarterback coach already. Um, maybe give a tiny bit of insight into where the search is going to head. All right, we're pretty uh, thorough on this podcast. <laughs> Just about two hours. Longest one-foot-down podcast ever. Um, hopefully those who've made it all the way through it enjoyed it. Um, you know, spring ball's not too far away. Hopefully we'll be coming up with another podcast here soon. Um, the next one's going to be our 50th, kind of a bit of a milestone. Uh, anything else you guys want to say before we get out of here? I think we said it all. This is a long podcast. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably heard enough from us at this point. <laughs> all right, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, One Foot Down Podcast, episode 49. Uh, hopefully everyone's on the website checking out all the recruiting coverage. 2016 stuff's going to be starting soon. But before we get to that, we're going to keep reviewing this 2015 class and uh, having a lot of fun doing it. I'm Eric, that's Jamie and Brendan, and we'll see you later.